Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my brother, Tommy. How's it going? I'm doing good. How you doing? And joining us virtually once again is our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram. It's Richard. How's it going, man? It's fine, Daniel. <laughs> wow. I rarely get called Daniel unless I'm in trouble or something. So, little, 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 uh, yeah, it always takes me by surprise when I hear that. It's true. And by the way, I'm so happy that uh, you and I did not end up wearing matching t shirts tonight. So, um, Richard is wearing a, a purple Macho Man shirt, which you can get over at WWEshop.com. And actually, I've been doing laundry all day, and I found mine. And I was like, oh, I should probably wear this. But then I was like, nah, it's Elimination Chamber Day. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the start of Kofi Mania. So I found was, my Kofi. It was between that and, and this. What's so. that? Uh, oh, Sister Abigail. Abigail. Oh, wow. Bray Wyatt one. Nice. That's, that's a that's, uh, one. It is. It's, it's based off of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, poster. Oh, that's oh, really yeah. cool. So yeah, I uh, I was like, you know what? Hey, it's Elimination Chamber Day. Kofi Mania started on this around this time two years ago. Let me put on my Kofi Mania shirt that I got in New York a couple you, years ago. You saying that right now just made me think to myself <laughs> that you are the Byron Saxton of this podcast. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because he loved power because- positivity, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah exactly. he, you're, you're like a go-go, rah-rah type kind of guy. And, and Tommy and I are like the Samoa Joe of yeah. the podcast. <laughs> you sit there, huh? Yeah. yeah. We'll chime in once in a while. <laughs> yeah. or I'm, usually me. Richard's more. Give him a kiss. <laughs> My God! So, uh, uh, no, thank you again to all the clicksters for tuning in to a very special episode of In the Click. This is our Elimination Chamber recap and review. As always, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five star rating, leave a re- uh, comment, a review as well. That helps out so much. And uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at In the and, Click. And yeah. if you don't like the podcast, <laughs> send your hate tweets over to BabyHuey83 on Twitter. And Instagram. Yes, thank Just you. any of the posts, just leave negative comments, but like the post. <laughs> when you follow us on social media, uh, click the link in our bio, get the merch over at Teespring. Or it's, they changed their name. It's not technically Teespring anymore. It's a different name now. But, hmm. you well, know but don't buy our shirts. Uh, <laughs> since they changed the name, send your hate tweets for the confusion over <laughs> to uh, at babyhuey83 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> 
Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn you, Richard. And send your D pics to at on Instagram. Damn it. No, Grimmett. Have them all slide into his DMs. Yeah, slide into his DMs. Or if you have any questions, in the click at gmail.com as well. That's our go to email for everything to interact with the clicksers out there. But. Yeah, here we are, man. Uh, Elimination Chamber 2021 is in the books now, and we are officially, well, we have already been on, on the road to WrestleMania for the last three weeks now since, uh, I can't believe it, Royal Rumble is already three weeks ago. I don't know That's about right, you. Byron. <laughs> Damn it. I'm going to get it. What? I'm going to hold up a 10 for Stone Cold. And he comes out, yeah. drink a beer with him, and then he stuns And then me. Tommy and I are going to both kick you in the balls and give you a double stunner. <laughs> Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Let me tell you about Broken Skull Sessions. He is behind us. Stone Cold is behind us. The cardboard cutout of him. And, and the figure. figure right there. Yeah, we're all Stone Cold in this household. A lot of it. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan stuff as well. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's it's really interesting this time period or this period of, of the year right now. As far as, like you said, the road to WrestleMania, Royal Rumble. Like... All of a sudden, like Elimination Chamber was here. Like I feel like the buildup was was kind of very you know quick. Like yeah. as far as I felt like kind of rushed into this pay per view, and we already got Fastlane next month. It's then WrestleMania, be the same. Yeah, so well, I know, WrestleMania I, is forty eight days away. I know. I got so the countdown. Fastlane is going to be what two weeks uh, before that, or I think end of March, right? Or no, it's uh, mid March or mid March. Uh, because of the Peacock deal, they were promoting yeah. that tonight, and that's supposed to be what March 18th, I think. Or I look it up. Uh, yeah, no, look it no up. No one knows. No one knows from what I understand. But it's uh, it's crazy. Like elimination elimination chamber in general. I like the pay per view. I like the stipulation of the match, the concept of it, which was interesting tonight. I think didn't they acknowledge Triple H came up with it? But uh, Eric Bischoff was the one who went on TV to present it. But for years, kayfabe-wise, it was Eric Bischoff's idea, right? It is scheduled yeah. for March 21st is Fastlane. Okay, yeah, Fastlane's coming up in yeah four weeks now. And the Triple H thing was his uh, counter to Vince not wanting to do war games. Is that what that was, the story behind yeah. Elimination Chamber? So, awesome. Okay. Ah. I like Elimination Chamber. It's, it's unique in its own way as far as the structure. Uh, have you ever? Have you guys ever st- stood inside one? I got to stand in one at uh, Access one year. No, no. Uh, it's pretty cool, just how big it is. And I always wonder how many do they have built? Like, is the one at Access the same one they use at like these shows every year, the pay per view, or do they have multiple ones, or do they build a new one every few years? I would just love to know kind of the whole ins and outs of you know, as far as the structure of the Elimination Chamber and its whole existence of it. So. Uh, but yeah, no, man, I, I'm with you as far as like th- the build up to this. I felt like it felt very rushed. And so emotionally, yeah. I wasn't super like invested or excited for this show. Um, I'm still hung over from War Games last week. <laughs> or Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day. Takeover. Yeah. Yeah, Takeover. Yeah. Nah. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing, too. We had, like, a big pay-per-view last weekend. Royal Rumble was a few weeks ago. So I just felt like it was like, oh, my God, Elimination Chamber's here. So, uh, Tommy, I mean, uh, you were telling me off the air just your thoughts about Elimination Chamber overall. I was just bored watching it, quite honestly. Really? Why yeah. is that? Uh, I just felt a lot of the... Just the finishes were just bland, I thought. 
Interesting. Richard, how about yourself? Which kind of just initial takeaway from uh, tonight's Elimination Chamber matchups? I liked everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't love everything. I, I liked everything. Uh, I thought the storytelling was was spot on. Um, I I wasn't aware that we were getting Sasha uh, and Bianca against yeah. uh, Naya and Shayna. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. fine for what it was. Yeah, that so was a last minute thing a, from yeah. SmackDown this week. Yeah, it was more so a, a TV match than uh, yeah. a pay per view match. But it was. I thought it was. It was fine the way it was. Yeah. So uh, Elimination Chamber. It's. Uh, I guess we'll just right out of the gates talk about what happened at the very end because that's going to be what everyone's probably talking about right now recording their respected shows. So yeah, we have a brand new WWE champion. It's the Miz. And he won it not by uh, being in the Elimination Chamber match. He got it by cashing in that Money in the Bank briefcase, finally, with the help of Bobby Lashley, who we saw earlier in the night as far as uh, losing the U.S. title to Matt Riddle. And we'll talk about that matchup in a little bit and everything, the drama that happened before the show started today. But uh, uh, we saw MVP talking to The Miz backstage and looked like they were coming up with a game plan, a strategy. And, yeah, we saw Bobby Lashley as uh, the big uh, enforcer, I guess, you know, knocked the, beat the crap out of Drew McIntyre after defeating everyone in the Elimination Chamber in the main event. And then uh, uh, Miz came in and, uh, you know, hit cashed him, it in, cashed it in and won the championship. So, Richard, yeah, your thoughts on just that finish overall from Drew McIntyre winning the Elimination Chamber match. And you knew something was up because they weren't going off TV, the little thing in the corner, like, you know, the, the copyright date. The chamber was being lifted, and it was the camera was still stuck on him. So I'm like, uh oh, something's going on. And then yeah, Miz came out. So yeah, your thoughts on just how that all played out? I was somewhat disappointed in myself that I didn't kind of put it two and two together <laughs> when, like, Lashley lost the belt to, like, uh, I just blanked on the Miz completely at the end mm. of it. Like when yeah. he was in the back with um, with MVP. So. Yeah. I was uh, I was just like, oh, my God, this makes so much sense. Yeah. And then, yeah. like, I just got so into that main event because I wanted someone else to win it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't be upset with Miz is not my favorite person, but I can't be upset with Miz. Honestly, I don't know where they're taking us now. Yeah. Um, so that's, th- that's always a fun place to be in where you can't predict. Yeah. I mean, so if anything, I'm with you, like, Miz. You know, hey, uh, humble brag, friend of the podcast, and he's been on a few times over the years. But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, but the way he's being booked over the last year, especially with Morrison back with him, he's been booked more as a comedy act and not taken so seriously. So, I think a lot of people, based on like just looking on Twitter and stuff before we recorded tonight, a lot of people are frustrated, angry that he won. And I think partly it's just because the way he's been booked and the perception well, of him currently well, as a WWE it, superstar. It is a pay-per-view night, so how is that different than any other pay-per-view with wrestling fans? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. But but also think about it as far as... <laughs> I will admit, I think the last couple weeks he's been a little bit better, especially when Edge on Raw called him out and kind of gave him a big reality check as far as, you have the money in the bank briefcase. You, you should be like... Uh, 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 what's the word? 
a lot more vicious, you know, or, or that element of surprise, like how he used to be, Edge was, when he had the Money Bank briefcase back in the day, how, dude, you have a chance to be champion instantly. And so I think it kind of lit a fire under Miz's ass. And I think even, like, this past episode of Raw, he was a little more serious. And so character-wise, that initial interaction with Edge, I think, helped him a little bit and therefore made this this ending of the pay-per-view a little more, like, I was a kind of a little bit more okay with it just because I knew, okay, he got the, the, the money, the bank briefcase back in December after losing it at TLC. So it was like, okay, he got a second chance with it. They're going to, how they're going to make it worth it that when, when Adam Pierce gave it back to him. So it's like, is he really going to win the championship at some point before the next money, the bank brief uh, pay-per-view in May? So which will technically it will expire then. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm okay with this outcome based on the way he was being used the last couple weeks. But no, overall though, I can see why a lot of people are frustrated and upset about this. But like me, I still think he has the worst finisher in the wrestling biz, <laughs> the, the skull crushing finale. Yeah. So well, I, I, I mean, I, I can't complain about that because one of my favorite wrestlers used it. So which one? Double J. Oh yeah, yeah, the stroke. Yeah. But Jared yeah. did it. Jared did it better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's just little fantasy book already. Like, where do we go from here? If you're WWE, obviously Bobby Lashley dropped the U.S. title tonight. Is he going to be elevated now to the world title scene? Now I think it so. definitely looks like that. And I, and I think it's it's. I think he's hit his stride finally. And I think mm-hmm. yes, I agree. Part of part of that largely is with. Uh, the Hurt Business, and I think we saw that as well uh, in uh, Impact. When he first went to Impact, he was kind of on his own, mm-hmm. and he came back later as part of the Beatdown Clan with MVP and Kenny King and Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. Bobby Lashley just always, he's one of those guys that feels bigger when he's got guys with him, like Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett always had, he had the roadie, he had yeah. Southern Justice, yeah. he had uh, um, the coach, mm-hmm. he had Deborah. And then when he's on his own, like that's when people really didn't like Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah same thing was, and Miz is the same way. The Miz, Miz Taraj, Miz and Morrison, Miz and Maurice. So it's like, you know. Sometimes it, you need those accessories around you to make yeah. you elevate you a little bit more. Yeah, to exactly. be more validated. So it, it, it's interesting what's going to happen next as far as, okay, I'm happy for Bobby Lashley as far as, if you really think about it, in the last three to six months roughly just off the top of my head he's been booked very strong he's he's been well protected so i think it's like okay i think he is due now to be elevated to that main event scene that the world picture the world title picture scene so how are we gonna get there now could i mean listen we're recording this on a sunday night we don't know maybe on raw tomorrow that miss can easily drop the belt again yeah we saw randy orton had it for what barely three weeks before drew got it right back right or who knows just hypothetically speaking maybe uh, MVP and Miz, their deal was like, listen, I'll have my guy, Bobby Lashley, go out there and beat up Drew after going, you know, a, a really tough, intense Elimination Chamber match. He's already tired and beat up. I'll have my guy go out there and beat the crap out of him even some more. Then you come in and uh, and make the steal there. So maybe in return, Bobby Lashley now gets a title shot against the Miz. Very similar to remember. AJ and Miz back in December when they were working together, uh, AJ and Miz 
said like, yeah, we'll help each other out, but you got to promise me a title pick, a title shot. Like AJ told Miz, I'll help you defeat Drew and cash in, but after that, you got to give me a title picture, uh, uh, you know, a match after. So, um, so it's interesting. I wonder if that's kind of a similar storyline they're going to go. So Bobby Lashley return for helping him out. He's going to get a title shot at some point, maybe a fast lane. And then maybe, maybe, you know, maybe Bobby Lashley wins at Fastlane, hypothetically speaking. And then Bobby Lashley and Drew can go at it at WrestleMania, and Drew can win the title at WrestleMania in front of a crowd. And therefore, well, he gets a pop. Maybe. Here's, here's, I mean, I like, I, I kind of like where this is going. However, I do, I do want to put this out there because we, we did not do a, uh, a prediction thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of me, people, not because of Danny, but. Yeah. <laughs> you can hit me up. Send your hate tweets to me at babyhuey83 on Damn Instagram. It. Damn it. Damn uh, it. <laughs> uh, so I, my thought kind of last minute is when we talked last week, we were trying to figure out where Edge was going to go towards WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hard to, to, when you look at the landscape, based off of that rumor that it was looking like Finn Balor might be, have a match at WrestleMania, which I, I don't believe that report whatsoever. But if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't admit that I'm wrong, just like Dave Meltzer and and Sean Ross Sapp and all those other losers that you people listen to uh, and believe. But uh, my thought, kind of late in the game this week, and I was just kind of thinking about it, was like AJ Styles has not had a title belt in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably the greatest living active wrestler at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you can really dispute that unless you're blind. And think that Jazz Hands is yeah. Well, AJ's better than Okada and Jazz Hands. Um, But uh, I was thinking that AJ would get the win, and that would be because I know that Edge has always wanted to have a match with AJ. Mm -hmm. Yep. And AJ and Edge would be the best possible match that Edge could get at a WrestleMania. Is what I was thinking. And if you look oh, at that, okay. if you look at that though, and you're kind of looking at, okay, well, where does that leave Drew? I think that you can have Drew McIntyre and Sheamus in a non-title match at WrestleMania that would be pretty entertaining. Okay. Like on yeah. paper, it seems, yeah, it seems like that. Uh, okay, but like Sheamus has this might be like one of his best years. Like he has, I don't, I don't know, like what he got healthy for all that time off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's he's just been like on a different playing field right lately. This this like oh yeah no totally he, he put it on banger matches even right before he left SmackDown in the draft. Yeah. So in the last God what six months he's been just yeah. doing incredible work. So I, I'm with you. I understand Sheamus has been, become such a legit fun guy to watch, no, no matter who he's up against. But you know it's, Riddle and Drew McIntyre has been it, some great matches. Yeah, and it's it's kind of that like the equivalent of like the Hogan versus Sid at Mania. <laughs> you know, it's like it's not a title match; it's just a, a feud. Yeah. So you know, they're both kind of evenly matched guys, same kind of styles. And it, it was built up, you know, as a almost like a it was like build up as like a title match in a way. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. So yeah, it, it, it will be interesting. But because I was thinking about that, you know, like. You know, title reigns and the significance of how long someone's title reigns is and what that means for them. Because I get this week, Walter became the longest NXT UK champion. That's just 
because that's on top of my head right now. And he passed Pete Dunn. And granted, you know, part of that title reign, he was sitting at home during the whole pandemic. So it's like there was a lot of days he didn't have a chance to defend it. And uh, well, you you can look at it that way, but you could also look at it that if he wasn't a good enough champion, he would have lost the belt before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, true. But what I'm getting at is like, you know, Drew McIntyre, I was like, here we are, February, and he won it back in April. And then other than that three-week time span that Randy Orton had, he's been champion for the better part of almost nine months. and More, more. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just, what I'm getting at is, like, is Drew McIntyre going to be away from the WWE Championship for a while now just because he already had it for so long? Or is this another short period where he's not going to have the title and then he'll eventually get it back at WrestleMania and then he'll have it for another significant period of time? So I'm really I, trying to understand. It's like, do we already they, get the best of it? No. I think no. I think we've just scratched the surface. I think that they want him to win the belt again in yeah. front of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's a sacrifice that we all have to kind of make, like even if right now we don't know 100 percent that people are going to be at wrestlemania right i mean the goal is remember that's, like that's i think the goal 20 to twenty-five thousand. yeah they haven't they haven't um sold tickets yet it was gone on sale because i think they're still trying to figure out the whole infrastructure based on what the super bowl did and then therefore like the cardboard cutouts which we talked about a couple weeks ago and then the seating arrangement and all that so you, you know what is this a, is, you know i don't watch football <laughs> Whatever, but uh, is this a stadium that the ceiling can be closed? It's it's outdoor. It, I know it's yeah, outdoor, is it, but no, is it, it Raymond James Stadium is outdoors? It, there's no uh, ink like a roof, no, retra- not retractable like, roof. No, 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 like a, not like a Hard Rock Stadium in Miami where it's like okay. retractable. It's not retractable, but it's just you know, it's constantly open. Yeah, that's, it's open, okay. but it's but it's got like. Um, a top to it, you know. But. That's the one thing I think that's kind of a shame about this is that, like, you could trap the crowd noise easier in an indoor facility. Oh, oh okay. So you say, you're saying if there was a roof that they can make yeah. it louder, even with a smaller crowd. Yeah, like, okay. like even if they if they pepper in some crowd noise, and make it feel louder. Yeah, like the people that were in attendance would still be like, no, it was pretty loud in there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, what I'm getting at is like, I hope. Over the last 10 months, when Drew's been champion for the majority of that time, other than the three-week period Randy Orton was had a chance to belt himself, I just hope that was not it for Drew McIntyre's WWE champion. I hope he becomes champion again in the near future. So I just hope... No, like, I, I mean, I don't think it is... I, don't, I haven't heard anyone say that he's getting boring, he's getting stale. Mm-hmm. Like, like, after a while with Kofi, like people were already saying who should beat Kofi. Like... After he won the belt, like pretty yeah. early on, people were, oh, maybe now they'll give Cesaro a chance, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll give so and so a chance, maybe yeah. Ricochet. And it's yeah. just like you didn't hear that with Drew. People want Drew to be the champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think, uh, with that being said, I think the next what less than two months between now Fastlane and then from there WrestleMania, I'm I'm okay to be patient and ride it out and see how this all plays out. If the belt goes for Miz to maybe Bobby Lashley, then maybe Bobby Lashley to, to Drew at WrestleMania. I'm all for that. I just, like you said, I was just thinking about length of title reigns. And I always kind of wonder, because even like Adam Cole, he had the longest title reign in NXT. Now he wants the belt again. And I'm like, will he actually get the belt again? Or will he just be moved up to Raw or SmackDown at some point? So I always, I always get a little concerned when someone's coming off a very long title reign. Will they... 
uh, be rewarded again with another title shot. I mean, this is and like the reason I come up with it, this is not the 80s or the 90s where you only had one brand, one show and the champion. That was it. We have multiple shows, multiple brands where you can be champion here and here. So like your time as champion might be a a little bit less because you're going to be moved over to somewhere else. But that train of thought is attitude era train of thought. Because, far, yeah. Because of, of the way Russo wrote uh, the show. So, like, mm-hmm. they would jump from champion to champion, champion, and then post Russo. Pre and post Russo is, is the real WWE. Like, the attitude bit longer era title is, reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Attitude era is the, the sign of the times era. Like, so when Triple it, H in the Ruthless Aggression era was the world champion for a long period of time, yes. that, that, that was a throwback for him. That whole time period for but, him but was a throwback to NWA. Yeah, but if you also look at it, they're not presenting it that way. Their their presentation of it is bizarre world where the eighties was it was heavy baby faces, right? And if a mm. and if a heel won the championship, they didn't have the championship that long. They were transitioning from like uh Warrior didn't lose to Hogan. So uh, Slaughter beats Warrior at the Royal Rumble, Hogan beats Slaughter at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Where in the twenty the the uh, 200s, 200s, the 2000s, 2000s Jesus, uh, <laughs> like it's a majority heels, and, and and that's fine because you've got the baby faces chasing. So you get yeah. you get Kurt Angle chasing heel invasion, Stone Cold, mm-hmm. and then Kurt has the belt for a month, and then Austin yeah. gets it back. Even Cena, Cena early on. He, yeah. You know, he, the number of title reigns he had, you know, obviously tied with Ric Flair, but he had, I remember I saw some website years ago that said his title reigns were always very short. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. It's not about like how many times you have the belt. To me, it's always about how many days you have the belt. That's mm. what makes Bruno so important to the WWE. Yeah. And why Ric Flair is as great as Ric Flair is, is yes, he had it 16 times, mm-hmm. but it's the amount of days that he had it. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that, that's something like I, I, when, I was like kind of worried, like, because I love Drew McIntyre's WWE champion and the fact that he lost the title. I was like, oh, well, well I hope he gets it back again very soon. But then I'm like, well, do, are people, do people like having baby faces with long title reigns? Are we, but like, as you said, we're, I think some people are so used to heels having the longer title reigns. So, but as you I, said, I, the 80s, I was like, oh, yeah, because Hogan had the belt for how long back in the 80s? Yeah. But I think you also have to look at it as, is this person the champion because they need the belt or because the belt needs them? For instance, you have Brock Lesnar and you have a brand new belt that people right off the bat did not like because it was red, yeah. which is which is a stupid reason not to like a belt. Yeah. And as soon as Brock had that belt, people stopped complaining because they're complaining that Brock had the belt. The universal one or the, yeah. Yes, the universal yeah, yeah. title. Yeah. So uh, when, and then Brock made that belt legitimate. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, in, in this for Drew, what do you think? Then does he need the belt, or the belt needed him? The WWE Championship. I think right now with the Miz, the belt, or he needed the belt. Yes, he needed the belt probably a few years ago. Yeah, and because yeah. his stock, I mean his his stock rises with the belt. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're a one time champion, that's great. And now you're a two time champion, so you can't say that the first time was a fluke. Yeah. So. Uh, Drew, I think, is someone that needed the belt, but the belt also needed him. Because it was someone that, like, everyone wanted, wants to be the champion, and now you've got something where, how is he going to get back? 
now you know with with smackdown the stories are better right now right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. you've got a story that people can get invested to on raw where how is drew going to get his belt back yeah yeah that's true i'm uh, and that's probably why i'm going to tune in i know a lot of people already on twitter were like oh i'm not going to tune the raw now it's going to be a big ratings uh tune out whatever but they're still going to watch and and act like that tweet never happened (laughs) exactly it's it's also something that uh bully ray preaches on busted open is Mm -hmm. that when someone you there's there's two ways of of getting over in the business you either get over or you got over so if Mm. you lose he lost the belt tonight but he survived an elimination chamber with all former world champions that yep. they kept hammering over. And it's not like and and Bobby he gets, Lashley beat he down, beat and down by Bobby Miz. Lashley. Yeah. And then the he kicked out twice to the Miz. Mm-hmm. So, so he really made himself over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, he got cool. himself over. All right. No, 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 I'm glad we had this, this, this conversation. It was really good. It really kind of put me at ease a little bit. Cause I was just worried about Drew McIntyre in 2021 no. for him. So if anything, he looks stronger. Yeah, it took all that to beat him, and I love in this chamber he was kicking out at once. Still in this chamber match, so yeah, okay, cool. Well, uh, listen, let's. I mean, we could totally go on and on about this, but yeah, let's go ahead and just jump in breaking down the show itself. So, I I also want to say that mm -hmm. the reason why they kept, I I just heard this. I think it was on something to wrestle with. It could have been a different podcast, but the reason they kept putting the belt on Brett was because they wanted to hammer home that this is not Hulk Hogan. Oh, so, okay. so like sometimes you might think, you know, that's John Cena, that's Randy Orton, they're their guys. So now you've got Drew. Drew is now one of their guys. He's one of those guys that they trust. So you're not beating uh, Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton so easily, or, or in these great matches, and they don't trust him anymore. You know, and he yeah. had, he's he is the WWE champion of 2020. Yeah, like an entire calendar year, he's the man. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, no, Eddie Guerrero good. had it for a couple months. Yeah, and people regard him as one of the best ever WWE champions. Mm-hmm. I know he had a very because what no way out, and then uh, he WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Did those awesome JBL matches. Yeah, yeah. God, I I still think. I mean, I I keep putting this out there. I you know, if we have more time, I would love to like do like maybe as like a Patreon thing and like bonus episodes and review the whole like ruthless aggression era like the maybe the big pay-per-views or something just like i said that's such a time period that i was so busy with college and i wasn't watching regularly so like the the smackdown six like i really would love to review that era what those guys were doing because you know seeing the stuff that you post on your instagram is like wow that seems like such an amazing time period in wrestling so let's do let's let's challenge our our listeners you guys get your friends to listen to this podcast yeah and if we can get up to 300 people that listen to this podcast we'll start a patreon <laughs> okay there we go i like that very good call good call so uh going into elimination chamber there's a lot of concerns about uh keith lee and his status because he was gone Ooh. for like a week or two and then he showed up one week and he was off again tv so there's a lot of people questioning what's going on I mean, I know Mia Yim a couple weeks ago went on Twitter and said she had COVID, and obviously we know Ew. they're engaged now. So a lot of people were concerned about Keith Lee's status as far as he's not been on TV and trying to put two and two together. Um, and then it came out today, I think Mike Johnson was the one from uh, uh, PW Insider reported that he has a legit injury. He is out today. He didn't show up to the uh, arena. 
And so uh, last minute, they had a qualifier match on the kickoff show between John Morrison, uh, Mustafa Ali and Ricochet and Elias. And the winner would then move on into the United States triple threat match along with uh, Bobby Lashley and uh, uh, Riddle. Uh, I actually because I was like, ah, oh, you know, I was like thinking that match wouldn't happen until like the very end of the kickoff show. So I was like, ah, I'll wait till like three. 30 to, to tune in and I tune on and never had the match going on. I was like damn so uh, I caught the tail end of it John Morrison won he got a roll up on uh, Mustafa Ali and uh, was inserted into the match which I was like okay cool like John Morrison we're all big fans of uh, I think he's due for some sort of push and maybe get out of the Miz's uh, shadows a little bit so uh, he won and then uh, yeah he was moved up into the uh, triple threat match for uh, uh, which we'll get into in one second uh, the main show kicked off with the Elimination Chamber match for the Universal Championship so featuring all the Smackdown guys um, I, I was kind of surprised that they were going to kick off the show with it but I guess it makes sense you know start it with one and then end with one so kind of nice bookends there Um but man, uh, uh, this match, I, I I enjoyed it. It went over a little, almost about thirty five minutes overall. But yeah, Richard, what's coming? Some of your uh, uh, your takes from this opening elimination chamber match? I'm going really back and forth on what they're. I I think I think Cesaro right now is being tested. Yeah, yeah. I I think like more so than we've seen in the past. More so than like a one off match that he's had with John Cena on Raw or something like. He's getting some spotlight right now. Yeah, definitely getting some opportunities. And I thought his in-ring shined pretty damn bright tonight. Uh, from the moment that he was hanging from the, the top of the... <laughs> Doing the pull-ups. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. There, that was so cool. There's a... It, it, well, it, it, it reminded me there's a, a cage match from WCW where... It's Terry Funk and the Great Muda against Flair and someone else. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. This was uh, Halloween Havoc 89. Yes, and it's got the root. Yes, I've seen that one. For some reason, Funk starts climbing the cage, trying to climb out, but it's got a ring. Yes, it was. It was Flair and Sting against uh, Muda. Uh, So I was wondering, where's Sami Zayn going? And he's just... (laughs) And it just looked like like Funk trying to climb out of this cage, but it had a roof, so it was like there was yeah, no sting. point in doing it. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair, Sting taking on Terry Funk and Great. Yeah, Muda. Ole Anderson was with uh, Ric Flair and Sting, and Gary Hart was with Terry Funk and uh, yeah. Great Muda. Yeah, I remember. It's, that. it's, a, it's a bad shit crazy match, but like that's that's what this reminded me of. And it's just and Bruno like, San Martino was the special guest referee. Yeah, and you just yeah. see and and tonight you just see Cesaro holding on like it's nothing. i've heard you hear it all the time how strong that guy is he is like pound for pound the strongest guy that's what everyone says yeah Yeah. and i think john cena was the first one to say that and that's why the announcer starts saying yeah so no i'm with you like this opener i was like oh okay and then we all know about the stipulation was uh roman reigns flexing his powers as universal champion paul Heyman said he's not gonna he sure his contract says he has to defend it at Elimination Chamber, but he's not going to be like Drew McIntyre and defend it in the actual Chamber match. He'll wait to the winner of that match is decided, and then he'll wrestle them. So I wasn't sure if it was going to happen like back-to-back, like Chamber match, then 
Roman yeah, wrestles? I didn't, I didn't either. Or like, will I, it be I, separated I, a little bit throughout later in the card? Yeah. So uh, when the chamber, like at the kickoff show that brought the chamber down, I'm like, oh my God, which is that? Which which match is going to be in a you know universal match? I'm like, oh man. So uh, here, we'll just go down through the list and maybe just kind of uh, touch on some of the highlights of each person here. So um, in at number one was Daniel Bryan. Number two was Cesaro. Uh, let's see. Number three was King Corbin. Number four was Sami Zayn. Number five was Kevin Owens. And number six was Jay Uso. By the way, I love Jay Uso, how he was sitting in the pod. Like, he just got down, like, sat oh, down. Yeah, sat on his butt. <laughs> like, that's smart. It's like, yeah, save your energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy that aspect. Tommy and I, we went to Elimination Chamber, what, 10 years ago now? Yeah, it's been 10 years. At yeah. the Elkland Coliseum. and that was eleven. And that, yeah, Edge was there, right? Edge was there. John so, Cena. So where we were sitting, <laughs> Big Show was right in front of us, his pod. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we kept yelling, hey, Captain Insano! <laughs> From the water boy, and it's like, oh look around. So he was going to kick our ass, but I'm like, ha ha, you're stuck in that pod. You can't get us. Yeah, after the match, John Cena walked right by us, and I gave him like a high five. Yeah, yeah, we know? touched John Cena. So me and us and Nikki Bella have something in common now. We touched John Cena. Just wow, that's, that's something else. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, I, so the beginning, as far as Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, like, we got like almost like a rematch of their match from a few weeks ago on SmackDown. I really enjoyed it. It was so good. Just the back and forth, you know, two just top of the best uh, technical wrestlers in WWE just going at it. So I was like, oh, very cool. I love that. Um, and then uh, King Corbin came in at number three. And I enjoyed King Corbin as far as what he was being used for, as far as just working on Daniel Bryan's knee. Great. As a heel, just work on Daniel Bryan, the baby face of this match. And the other thing, too, with Cesaro, what you were saying, how he's been getting kind of like push lately. It's really interesting. So the rumor is whenever that big gauntlet match was in December that Shinsuke won, the rumor was Cesaro was supposed to be the baby face to get that big push there. But he wasn't going to had officially signed his new contract yet. And so... That's why they changed it up and went Shinsuke down that route, and he was acting more heelish for those couple weeks. But then apparently he did sign a new deal, so now all of a sudden he's getting like a one eighty, and he's wait, now wait, being used wait, as a wait, baby wait, face. Wait, 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 wait. Pronouns. Who who is he? Cesaro or, or Nakamura signed oh, a new. Uh, Cesaro signed a new contract. Cesaro. Okay. So now once he signed, Cesaro is now being used as like a baby face. So it's really interesting. It's like, wait a sec. It. it, it I guess they, you know, they whole dropped the whole heelish thing a few weeks later. So now he's being used as a babyface, and he had like the match, you know, with Daniel Bryan, and the way he's been using Daniel Bryan's been losing matches but putting guys over at the same time. So anyway, it, it, it's like for Cesaro, I think a lot of people were like, oh, he might be the favorite to win this because he's been booked really good lately, as what you just pointed out. So. I like that opener, and then I like how King Corbin came in and was working on the knee. Uh, Sami Zayn at first did not want to come in. Oh, my God. We, he was so funny in this match. And then we, we always have that. Every year, there's always one person who's like doesn't want to come in. It's like, no, no, no. I don't want to come in. And no, There was a funny moment where, um, was it Zayn? He was with Kevin Owens, and he's telling him, man, they don't. They, they want, they, he wanted to team up with Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, you know, it's like he was like saying, come on, you know, they don't want us or whatever, something like we're that. We're not like their kind. We, yeah, we're not like their kind. And then <laughs> Kevin Owens grabbed him and he's like, oh my God, no. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> why? Why? So that's the thing. When, when Sami Zayn came in, Cesaro was like chasing him. They went on top of the pod. And then, as you said, Richard, they climbed up. And then uh, Cesaro threw him off. He landed on his feet. And Cesaro started doing the pull-ups. I thought that was just awesome feat of strength right there. It was like, yeah. show off. I, I love it. And then I was worried, though. I was like, be careful, please. Um, and then, yeah, Kevin Owens came in. And he started wrecking shop and, you know, going at it. Uh, it was cool. And then uh, uh, um, uh, Jay Uso, uh, let's see, came in uh, last, finally. And then he started just, you know, to his credit, he started going, at, tearing it up as well, taking all these guys out. And uh, he got a couple big eliminations, though. So, yeah. Um, I like that super kick frog splash combo. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so cool. There, and, there's, there's like certain... You know, it's it's nice to see when someone doesn't just hit one finisher like that. You know, mm-hmm. like he could have probably won with the super kick, but he has that. It's kind of like how Nick Aldis does a really cool transition with doing um, a power bomb, and then he locks in the Kingsling Cloverleaf after yeah. that. And I yeah, love yeah. that combo. So him hitting the super kick and being in a perfect position to run to the corner and hit a frog splash, it's, it's pretty impressive. Like, at first I wasn't that enthralled. I was like, ah, oh, God. And then it's just getting, no, that's that's actually a pretty cool finish because it's he's you know nailing mm-hmm. it in. Yeah. So after uh, King Corbin was first one eliminated, not shocking. It's like he did his job as far as uh, beating up Daniel Bryan. Sami Zayn was second eliminated after uh, Kevin Owens uh, pinned him, and then uh, third eliminated was Kevin Owens. I was a little shocked by that kind of how early on he was eliminated by Jay Uso, who took advantage of that, and then. Um, uh, he also eliminates Cesaro. I I was like shocked when Cesaro got eliminated. I was like, oh my god! And down to uh, uh, Daniel Bryan and Jay Uso. Um, I like the back and forth here, but then yeah, Daniel Bryan ultimately uh, defeated Jay Uso by pinfall. I love at one point earlier <laughs> Daniel Bryan need uh, I think it was Baron Corbin into the pot. Like the shot was focused on Baron Corbin or King Corbin, and Daniel Bryan comes flying out of nowhere and need him. So. Uh, this match and overall, I, it was pretty fun as far as the, I think the intensity and stuff and just what everyone was doing back and forth in here. Everyone fit their roles. And so, but yeah, Daniel Bryan picked up the victory, which I was kind of shocked because I was like, I thought either Kevin Owens or Cesaro were going to be the winners. I know we didn't do predictions for this one, but, uh, Daniel Bryan wins and he just looks exhausted. You know, he's, he started out number one. He ran the whole gauntlet. I guess you want to call it that for this chamber. They start lifting up the chamber, and Roman Reigns' music hits. He starts coming down, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do this match right here. And literally, let me just double-check how long. Yep, it was only a minute 32. So Roman Reigns, they start the bell, beats the crap out of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan looks exhausted. I think Daniel Bryan tried to get a little offense in. Didn't work. Roman Reigns just annihilated him and won with, uh, like you said, a minute 32, which... From a booking standpoint, it makes sense. Daniel Bryan started number one in the gauntlet. He's exhausted. Roman Reigns is one of the toughest guys in WWE and just destroyed him. So, Richard, were you cool with that, how that played out as far as Roman's match of the night? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. All right, so after the match, when Roman Reigns defeated Daniel Bryan, he is celebrating in the ring, and then, boom, out of nowhere, Edge comes in, spears Roman Reigns, stands over him, shouting in his face, and then he starts pointing to the WrestleMania sign. So I guess 
that's his way of officially announcing that he's going to choose Roman Reigns to challenge him for the Universal Championship at this year's WrestleMania. I thought it was a very cool moment. Then we saw the pyro, the fireworks going off, and I guess their way of celebrating that he made the official announcement there. So very cool. Edge will, I guess, go up against Roman Reigns as the main event. I would assume maybe night two of this year's WrestleMania. So I'm actually going to be looking forward to that matchup here. I've been loving the story that they've been telling over on SmackDown recently. So it looks like that's going to be the main event. Edge challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. And yeah, he walked up the ramp just still kind of celebrating, pumped up that he speared Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was left sitting there in pain, it looked like. So good stuff, man. I love this. All right, next up uh, was the U.S. title match. Uh, Bobby Lashley defending against Riddle and John Morrison, who uh, got in last minute on the kickoff show. I, for me, I enjoyed this match as far as, and this is going back to our conversation last I, week. I thought this was better than what we would have got with Keith Lee, just because I don't really? like having okay. two. I, I I don't like having two big guys against one smaller guy. Mm. Having two smaller guys against a bigger guy, I'm I'm cool with. Well, also remember last week we were talking about triple threats as far as um uh, the NXT women's match at Takeover last week. How I think a lot of uh, triple threats always end up being. One person outside just like, quote, like recovering while two people take go at it in the ring. So I like how this match, it was all three of them going at it, a good portion of this match inside the ring. I'm like, sometimes the two were teaming up against one or all three were hitting each other as well. So I was like, all right, this actually seems like a legit triple threat match from the storytelling aspect. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, Bobby Lashley, as I mentioned earlier, has been booked very strong in this match. He, you know, I love how he's just beating the crap out of Morrison Riddle with trying to do whatever they can. Ultimately the finish, I actually, okay. I was like, I, Matt Riddle to his credit, I know he's being booked as more of the goofy jokey guy, but he kind of used some, uh, uh, common sense and, uh, he, uh, took advantage of the rule where it's a triple threat match there's no dq mm-hmm. and so uh mvp who got hurt unfortunately from raw this week like a legit injury came out with the crutch and grab riddle used the crutch and smash it against bobby lashley's back bobby lashley falls outside and uh here he had the hurt lock on uh john morrison so john morrison was already knocked out and so riddle took advantage of that and hit his finisher on john morrison and picked up the victory and is now the new u.s champion so cool i guess finally uh people online were like oh he won his first wwe championship well he technically won an nxt tag title so this doesn't this- count <laughs> it doesn't count kayfabe or uh, yeah kayfabe on the main roster so yeah richard your thoughts on uh riddle now starting a new title reign as the u.s I'm champion totally cool with it cool awesome tommy about yourself i know you're a big riddle fan oh yeah I, i'm i'm happy for him i mean it's just uh it was just a uh, the way they uh set it up for him to get the victory it was just Perfectly timed, I thought. Yeah. And then next up, a very last minute match was uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler defeating or defending the women's tag titles against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, which kind of came together based on SmackDown this week. And um, Richard, as you said, you just really thought this was more of like uh, something you would see on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. As, as far as just, you know, they were they were doing their thing. Yeah, it was, I, a, fine, it was a fine match. It just didn't feel like an epic match pay-per-view match yeah 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 i mean you know all four of them well maybe not naya but all three of them were like really good wrestlers and uh did their thing um 
I think a lot of people were upset. Like Sasha and Bianca are working together, where a lot of people are thinking that Bianca is going to be the one she's going to challenge Sasha after winning the Rumble match at Mania. So a lot of people are like, "Well, shouldn't they be more like against each other right now?" It's like, "Oh, relax. You know, you got what seven weeks, almost a little under two months until WrestleMania. So there's a lot of story to tell how they can like." be friends at first, but then eventually grow apart and hate each other and lead up to a, a, a match at Mania. But the big thing, Reginald, who has a crush on Sasha Banks, yeah. uh, offered some champagne before the match in her dressing room, but then said he brings it out and he's trying to give it to Sasha Banks and he rolls it in. Sasha's like, wait, I'm not going to use this. Gets distracted. Nia came in and just... Yeah, it was a cheap distraction. I yeah, thought. Samoan drop. I was kind of worried how they're going to book this because you got Bianca Belair, who is the Royal Rumble winner. You got Sasha Banks, who's the SmackDown Women's Champion. How are you going to lose here? But yes, Sasha ate the, the pin against Nia Jackson, Samoan drop. So I guess it makes sense because technically she was distracted. So now Reginald... Uh, unfortunately, I, I I want Reginald to get the girl at the end, but unfortunately, he's already uh, pissing her off. So um, we'll see the fallout. I'm sure on SmackDown, I'm sure Sasha and Bianca will be like, you know, get away from us. You're you're bad luck, and I wonder if Carmelo will get in the mix somehow as well. So anyway, you know, decent match for what it was. And then uh, next up was the main event. It was the second elimination chamber match for the WWE Championship. So Drew McIntyre was defending against Styles. With Omos, or Om- Omos, which Omos. Was, his role was pretty cool. Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. So uh, first entered was Jeff Hardy. Second entered was Randy Orton, um, which is cool. Kind of a little bit reigniting their rivalry. Remember they had like a thing a couple years ago with the uh, Hell in the Cell with the screwdriver in the ear. So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, Richard, your kind of your thoughts on this uh, Elimination Chamber match here. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this felt like a main event. Yeah. And I, I don't think there was a way, like, I think it was somewhat surprising that Randy Orton's the first one that got eliminated. And yeah. I was, mm-hmm. I was even more surprised by the fact that we, there was no, nothing with the fiend. Yeah. That's yeah. the other thing too. Cause like uh, the gauntlet match on raw this week, we saw the Alexa bliss photos all over the place on the Thunderdome screen. Yeah. So I really thought, Randy was going to get eliminated by way of Alexa Bliss or the Fiend involvement, but yeah, nothing there. So I was like, oh wow. So, uh, you know, easy night for him as far as first eliminated. He was able to go back into the locker room. Uh, third entered was Drew McIntyre. And then once I think he entered, I felt like the intensity started picking up a little bit more. He just yeah. was going at just slugging people. Being a uh, wreck house. Uh, um, and then, uh, let's see, it says here Seamus was, f- let's see, oops, I'm reading this wrong, uh, Kofi Kingston was fourth entered, and then AJ Styles number five. Um, With a little help from Alma. Yeah, so uh, Richard, I want to ask you, so um, as Randy got eliminated, PRKO, you know, a couple of the guys, Kofi and Jeff Hardy, he's walking out, and AJ's like, get me out, almost get me out, get me out. <laughs> he rips you know the pod apart yeah. AJ gets out it's like a pe- plexiglass runs around and enters now I was cut from a strategy standpoint part of me is like okay you want to go in there where those two guys are knocked out after the RKO and try to pin them eliminate them but then at the same time the gauntlet match this past week on Raw was to be the last person into the elimination chamber so you would think he would want to stay in his pod as long as he can, let those guys beat each other up, and then enter. If he 
inter second to last, at least everyone would be more beat up and tired. So I was really kind of confused from a strategy standpoint why we wanted to get in so quick. But I guess he wanted to try to pin those guys after taking each an RKO. Does that make sense, I guess, from his strategy at that point? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, he, he's looking at it like they're down. They're out. They're knocked out. I mean, we saw Randy Orton kill a man recently with it that. So, and, well, it, it wasn't poop. It was seepage. Um, so <laughs> I, I think I think AJ's looking at it like, oh, my God, they're both dead now. I better go pin them. You know, he snapped their necks like chickens. And so uh, Adam Pierce comes out. It's like, oh, there he is, finally. And then uh, Adam Pierce uh, throws Omos. He ejected him. Yeah, threw him out. It's like, get out of here. So I was like, there he is, finally, laying the law down. And then uh, so AJ's just into the match then at that point. Um and then uh, 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 who else came in after that? So uh, AJ came in. Then uh, Sheamus was last to enter. Mm-hmm. And then when he came in, him and Drew, dude, hard-hitting punches, like hockey-style fi- fighting there. I loved oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, like two big hosses going at So, Rich, I'm with you. It's like as far as uh, Sheamus and, and Drew, like their chemistry together is so good as far as just – beating the crap out of each other uh but then uh so let's see uh uh randy Orton was eliminated kofi then got eliminated second he took a the bro kick from a uh, sheamus uh jeff hardy got eliminated from drew mcintyre hit the claymore so uh uh and then sheamus got eliminated from aj styles because he um if i remember jeff hardy hit the swanton yeah and then AJ hit the was it the four fifty? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the, he, he did that right. like yeah, yeah. Like he took advantage of Jeff Hardy hitting a move on Sheamus and was able to eliminate Sheamus. So AJ Styles took advantage of that, and then uh, um, so then it was down to yeah AJ and Drew McIntyre and the Tommy as you said, great finish. AJ was trying to do the phenomenal forearm, jumped off the rope. Drew hit him with the Claymore in midair. Yeah. Oh, so good. And uh, picked up the victory. I like the finish of that one. Yeah. Um, How'd you think of the finish of this chamber played out, Richard? I, I liked it a lot because I was I, I I was expecting AJ to win and it looked like he was about to. And then <laughs> and then he gets that super claymore. Yeah. That was that was so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was great. So Drew McIntyre just I mean, like Awesome. I mean, Drew McIntyre looked like he was doing the um, like in the Olympics. Uh, was it the the high jump? Uh. Yeah, in the Olympics. That's what it reminded me of. You know, he should represent Scotland. In yeah, the Olympics. Yeah. So no, it was really good. I, I I really enjoyed the finish though. And then as we discussed, you know, uh, Bobby Lashley comes out, beats him up. Miz comes out, and Miz, you know, he was seen throughout the night. He got involved with uh, it was called Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Bad buddy, wow. bad bad buddy. Bad buddy. Wow. Got, sla- got slapped by Bad Bunny, who's the current twenty four seven champion. Which, by the way, he was on SNL last night and had the twenty four seven championship on him. I was like, oh, dude, WWE probably loved the extra publicity. Well, yeah, they're sister networks, you know, USA Network and, and NBC, NBC, yeah, yeah, and so, Peacock. It's all one happy family, right? Exactly. There. And so, uh, uh, and then uh, yeah, Miz wins, beats Drew McIntyre, he's the new champion. So. We'll see how uh, Raw is tomorrow night and how the show's going to play out and how they're going to uh, start Don't building forget, up the storyline. we got a Damien Priest cameo, too, as yeah. well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Apparently, rumor is he's really well liked backstage. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's good. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe him and, uh, I was going to say Bugs Bunny again, Bad Bunny Bad team Bunny. up something for get the celebrity involvement for, uh, WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. So. That could but work. Yeah, overall, man, I, you know, uh, you know, had ups and downs in this show. Uh, but, you know, can't complain too much because we are on the road to WrestleMania. So, a lot of good stuff coming up, uh, hopefully in February and March for us to tune in and, and talk about. So, uh, all right, so let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. As always, Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Pro Wrestling 101 and send your hate mail to at babyhuey83 on Instagram uh, and Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account is babyhuey83. <laughs> Uh, please send negative feedback to me there. Um, whatever you, you can use the most foul language you can just make sure you hashtag in the click, uh, when you do it. Hope you're happy now. <laughs> Damn you, Richard. Me? Yes. Yes. You, uh, Tommy, where can the clicks find you online? Uh, I don't know how you can. Beast. Top uh, that. Top that, exactly. Jeez. I know. But uh, you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official. And as Richard stated multiple times throughout this podcast, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Huey83. For everything else, at In the Click. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Stitcher. We're all over the place. In the click at gmail.com and get the merch over at Teespring. All right. On I thought that, it was something different now. <laughs> something. It's something. I think it's called like Spring Creators or something. I forgot what it's called. What a like, stupid like, name. I don't know. <laughs> told, so. you, told you to go to Pro Wrestling Tees, but well, no. Well, there's another one with a collar and elbow. It's another website everyone's using. That's now. Al Snows. Is that what that is? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because everyone's like talking about this new website for wrestling merch now. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out as I well. I heard about it. Yeah. So, all right, on that note, let's go home, and that's the bottom line, because Huey said so.